listening to Say It Southern, aspiring to live not just as moms, but as modern Southern women, we began this project to hear from those who inspire us and recognize those who are achieving their own personal goals. Listen in as we celebrate the South and those who say it Southern. Get out your pens and notebooks. We are putting in the work today. You will learn how to care for yourself during this unprecedented time. Join us now as we say it Southern with Laura Anderson of Midtown Nashville Counseling. Hey everybody, today we're talking with Laura Anderson from Midtown Nashville Counseling. And thank God she is with us, Sarah. (laughs) Because we are walking through serious, unprecedented times with this Mm. quarantine crisis and COVID and just all the things that we're experiencing right now as a society. So we've asked Laura to come and jump in with us on a little mini therapy session, basically. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, we all need it. Yeah, we all <laughs> need sure. it at this time. Thanks for being with us, Laura. Yeah, y'all are welcome. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Hey, so Laura, tell us exactly what you do at Midtown Nashville Counseling. What do you specialize in? Yeah. Um, I work part-time at Midtown Nashville Counseling, and I see individual women, um, college age, all the way up. I specialize in um, anxiety and depression. Uh, Also, I have experience in eating disorders and self-harm, rage, faith struggles, um, and addictions. Which all of those things (laughs) can come up during times like this, right? (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, one of the things that we, I guess, what we're trying to do is provide a way for our listeners to really get some helpful tools and understand what it's like to walk through this, you know, and that there's really no normal. We don't know what we're doing. (laughs) We've never been here before. So here's what we're doing. How are you dealing, Sarah? Um, Well, I'm taking a lot of walks. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. I am drinking a lot more than mm-hmm. I have in the past. I'm staying up later. You know, Courtney knows this about me, and our, a lot of our listeners do too. I go to bed at like 9.30. I'm out. And I've been staying up to like 11.30. Like, oh, that is crazy for me. That's shocking for you. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. So it's just kind of all different, and mm-hmm. I don't know. So, yeah. that's What about you, Courtney? Well, I'm anxiety-driven anyway. And so, you know, I've tried to be pretty mindful of being at home, but I'm like baking and cooking <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, staying up late, trying to connect with people, things like that. And, but I mean, I feel overwhelmed. I feel pulled in a million different directions with being a teacher and a janitor and a chef and personal chef and nurse uh-huh, and then trying to get my workout in so I can post it on Instagram. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Courtney, if I ever see you post in like your workout, I will, you better come I'll come quick. get you. I'll you come better, get you. You better come quick. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Laura, what is normal? Like what, what is, how, what are we doing? Yes. Y'all are normal. You passed. That's what we wanted to hear. Thank you. (laughs) Totally normal. And I think y'all are taking really good care of yourselves. I think walking is really helpful. Getting out in the sunshine and um, getting your body moving is really helpful. I think baking is really helpful. It makes you feel a sense of accomplishment and it makes your house smell yummy and you feel like you did something. Um, So I think y'all are having a really um, normal reactions to an abnormal situation, which is the pandemic. So when people feel like, eek, I feel like there's something wrong with me because I'm doing this wrong or my, my response is, such and such, it's like, no, you, there's nothing wrong with you. There's something wrong with the global pandemic. And mm-hmm. so all these responses are normal responses to um, an abnormal event. So Brene Brown talks about um, FFTs, which is the effing first times. Um, <laughs> so the first time we're going through something, we have to have so much grace and kindness and empathy for our responses and other people's responses, because we have never done this before. We have no history to draw on. We are disoriented. We are knocked off balance. We are collectively not okay. And so there just needs to be so much room for like, you're normal. And let's hold hands and walk through this together and do the best we can. I love that. Because so many times, you know, we're looking at social media, which is the number, I think that's the number one vice of 
women, period, mm-hmm. is social media because we're always going to compare ourselves to our neighbors who are, you know, have found it. They've dug up an earthworm. They're dissecting it. <laughs> oh, they're making charts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I have thought that way about cooking. I feel like a lot of people... I'm, I'm normally I cook a lot during the week, mm-hmm. and through this now all I do is see all these people that are cooking these great meals, and I am kid you not I have like resorted to I'm like hamburger helper spaghettios yeah. like yeah. really oh here's some cereal for dinner like yeah. whatever I can find that's easy and quick like that's what my children are eating and myself. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. I don't, like I don't even care. <laughs> You're just like where did they what? find the lobster? Yeah, where did they find <laughs> it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And all these like great fresh herbs, like and they're growing them in their garden. I'm like, we're not doing that at our house. <laughs> You're standing in line for meat at Kroger. <laughs> yeah, no, not this doing it. Simple mode, you know, like we are surviving, not thriving. Yes. So this is really hitting this quarantine, this crisis. It's just it's really hitting everyone differently, and while it's disorienting to all of us there's kind of a spectrum of how it's impacting people. And so some people are like, you know, I just, I didn't realize that my lifestyle was called quarantine. This is just how I live. And now this is just kind of my normal life minus the FOMO. And I kind of like it, you know? Mm -hmm. And then there's other people who are like, I am losing my mind and I am not okay. And quarantine is squeezing the life out of me and help. Um, And then there's people just kind of, you know, all in the middle. And I think we're in the middle. And, um, so kind of my main thing I want to encourage our listeners with is it's okay if you're not okay. And it's okay if you, you are okay. And it's okay if you're both like, yeah, there is enough space for everyone to feel everything they're feeling. Some people are thankful and joyful and having fun with their family and doing bike rides together. Um, and maybe their husband travels and suddenly he's home and that's really cool and fun. And there's other people who are really struggling and, um, or maybe have really suffered losses like a job loss, or even they know, we know someone who's passed from COVID. So there's really real significant losses that people are enduring to. Um, and so just allowing everyone the space that they need to be where they are and that your neighbor might look different than you. Your child might look different than you and how they're experiencing it, but just really making room for um, everyone. And then we collectively all have the fear of the future, you know, like that. So that's just in all of us is like, what will this mean for me in my future? And so really, I just think normalizing, and that's what Brene Brown talks about just normalizing your experience because you've just never done this before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it does feel like that this is the first time that, because, you know, I feel like our country is always divided about something, whether it's, well, it's mainly politics or religion or whatever the major crisis is of the moment. Um, mm-hmm. This is something that we've all, that we're all going through at the same time. So if we can just all have that no judgment mentality, it would make everybody feel a lot better. Yeah, it would. <laughs> it would. You know, now that things are opening back up, I feel like there's starting to be that judgment of you see people out or like, should you go out? What if this person doesn't have a mask on? I mean, I know personally, I almost like marched back into Kroger and like chewed some people out because I'm like, you work here and you have a mask hanging around your neck, like put it on, you know? And then I'm like, well, I mean, I really can't talk. I don't have gloves on. So somebody may be calling me out because I don't have the gloves. You know, so and then you're like, if I do, if I something does open up and we meet a couple for friends, should we even post that on Instagram? Right. Yeah. Social shaming for people getting together and yeah, that's real. I know. So here's what we need, Laura. We need you to walk us through some stuff here. (laughs) Clearly, we provide the problems, you provide the solutions (laughs) here. So how are we I'm supposed to take care of ourselves during during all this? We know it has to be more than cocktails and bubble baths. I mean, how do we how do we cope with this? This is something um, I would call holistic self care. It's my personal approach to dealing with quarantine and my professional approach, both. And not all my clients are in need of like um, anxiety management tools or stress management tools, but some of them are in crisis mode and they do need just kind of help surviving this crisis. So, um, you know, when we're in crisis, I think we really need to be more intentional about caring for ourselves and, um, and just being more aware of what we need during this time. 
So I would define self-care as being aware and attending to your whole self, all the parts of you that make you human. And the reason we do this is because we matter and our well-being matters. And also, um, once we have um, kind of met some of our needs and are attending to ourselves, that's when we're able to then give it back out to our family members and give that empathy and kindness and compassion um, back out. So y'all can think of the airplane oxygen mask meta- uh, analogy where the stewardess says you need to put your mask on before you help your child. Because um, if we don't have the resources that we need to survive and live, we cannot give out resources to other people. We can't help others. So that makes such sense. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I think of me personally, every time I've like gone cray cray on my kids, it's, (laughs) it's when like, I'm trying to personally like get my work done and I'm also trying to clean up and do some laundry. And then I'm also trying to get everybody on a zoom call and then somebody like spills their milk milk everywhere. And I'm like, are you kidding me? What's wrong with you? Like throw the bowl outside and like, (laughs) you know, I don't know. But, um, so I can tell like, it's like when I've got a lot going on and I'm personally stressed out, I am, I'm taking it out on like them. And they feel every bit of it. They feel every bit of that. And the, you know, I read something that was so amazing because our kids are also living through this unprecedented time. Mm -hmm. They're only seven yeah. Never in seven years have they been stripped away socially, not played sports, not seen their teachers. I mean, mm-hmm. they're going through their own, their own thing too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so kids' worlds are much smaller than our worlds. They don't have the perspectives that we have. Um, they don't have the reference points that we have. Um, so for them, when they don't get to do their end of the year play or dance recital or prom or graduation, um, for maybe for an older adult, that might feel like that's just silly. Get over it. Um, aren't you thankful for toilet paper? Yeah. (laughs) But for them, this is a big deal in their world. This is their whole world. This is all they got. You know, this is really special and important um, for them. So it is. So kids are suffering losses too. Kids are feeling too. Mm-hmm. They are aware. They are absorbing this. They are sad. They are afraid. They are curious about what's going on. Um, and so it's good for us to acknowledge that like they have they have feelings too. They're sad too. They're grieving too. And to like engage them in the grief of like, man, that is really sad that you didn't get to do your dance, your dance recital that you worked so hard for so long on. What's that like for you? And, um, and to not demand thankfulness out of them. I don't think that that works for us to demand that someone be thankful before we first empathize with them and meet them in the sadness or the grief. I mean, and and we as adults know that too. Like if someone, if you're sad about something and someone's like, you should be thankful, right? uh, that won't work. You know, there's something really beautiful and magical happens when, when people engage our grief and like engage with us and give us permission to feel what we're feeling. And then magically there's some kind of healing that happens and some kind of like, Oh, I think I can be thankful now. Like, it's just kind of miraculous how that, that works. But, um, yeah, our I kids. Yeah. Yeah, too. yeah. So tell us how we're going to take care of ourselves so we can take care of these little that's right munchkins. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of think about it in five categories, body, mind, hearts, uh, social and spirit. Um, So the body would be kind of what you think about when you think of self-care, just taking care of your physical body. And this is important because um, your body houses everything else. If you are hangry, (laughs) (laughs) happens, you are not going to be able to feel your feelings or think about what you're thinking or do deep breathing. You need to eat, you know, or if you are staying up till the wee hours of the morning watching Tiger King or whatever. (laughs) Worst show ever. Um, I watched it. Watched (laughs) it. I did. Yeah, Yeah. I did too. Um, You're going to feel really tired the next day, and it's going to be also hard for you to engage those other parts of you, and you're just not going to 
feel good. And when you don't feel good, that impacts everything else. So it's all a system. It's all impacting everything else. And so if we can kind of be intentional and aware of our body and what our body's needing, that will help with everything else. And so some ways we can do that are listening to your body. If it's if it's hungry to eat, if it's full, stop eating. That's intuitive eating skills. I'm a huge fan of intuitive eating. I think it goes really beautifully with, with um, everything else we'll be talking about today. But um, drinking lots of water, that really helps. And then trying to get adequate sleep and then trying to get even t- a little bit of activity or exercise in your day, just even a 10-minute walk um, and get out in that fresh air and the sunshine to get some vitamin D, some endorphins. You can really kind of do all this in just a, a walk. You know, you can get fresh air and sunshine. You can get the activity going and you can even do some deep breathing while you're walking and do kind of a sensory walk. Um, and a sensory walk is just when you kind of breathe in each of the five senses and that really helps your body to calm down. It helps your autonomic nervous system to calm down. Um, just a, a tool we can use physiologically to relax our body. Okay. So what is that mean? Like, I mean, yeah. I know the five senses, but like, what is, t- walk us through the, how do you do that, that breathing? Yeah. The breathing. Yeah. So you're out in the sunshine. It's 75 degrees. I mean, this, I'm so thankful this is happening in spring and not in winter. So oh, we can. Yes, so then, Lord, well, you'd have to be on 911, Laura. We'd need you just oh, to my move God. in with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me too. Um, but observing what you see. I mean, and I, this is something I do with my daughter too. I have a child who. Um, gets very emotionally out of control, emotionally dysregulated. And so we do this every day to help her calm her body down. And we hold hands while we're doing it because I think, um, the physical touch helps her too. And for me to do it with her. So it's like, it's an us thing too. Mm -hmm. Um, and so what we do, we look around, we take a deep breath. We talk about what we're seeing we take a deep breath in and we look around and we're thankful for it and we enjoy it. And then we release it. And then I ask her, you know, what do you smell? And she's like, I smell fresh grass and I smell lilacs and I smell um, concrete, you know, whatever, barbecue one day. Um, We take, we just enjoy it and we take a deep breath in and we're thankful for those smells and we let them go. And so you can just go through um, the five senses and it really helps me and her just kind of calm down. And sometimes we also do visualizations like, we really want to be at the beach. That is where we want to be right now. Every day. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We want to be there too. The beach. And so, and, and we do the deep breathing, same thing. Like, oh, I'm just imagining my feet on the hot sand and it's kind of squishy under there. And I feel um, the salty air on my face, the sunshine on my face. And she, she leads it usually. She tells me what it's like. And we deep breathe while we're talking. I'll tell her deep breath in and exhale out. And, um, at the end of our walks, we are like very calm. (laughs) We are very relaxed. We work on like relaxing our shoulders and I carry my anxiety in my jaw. So I have to like always be thinking about like, okay, relax your jaw. Um, and so just, those are ways you can pay attention to your body, like be extra attentive and, even you can do this for five minutes. I mean, just deep breathing and paying attention to your body. And that physiologically will, will relax your muscles and calm your heartbeat. It will, it will calm your even digestive system. It will help calm you down. So that is another just helpful tool to manage anxiety. And you can do it with your kids. I love that. And I never do that. Yeah, I don't do that either. I never do that, Mara. Mm-hmm. And then rainbow breathing is another one. And you just breathe in each of the colors. And I ask her, like, what is the color red? What do you feel when you think of the color red? And she'll say, you know, anger or aggression. Or um, I think yellow is usually her happy one. And she'll think of all the happy thoughts and puppy dogs and rainbows. And then we relate it. Um, so that's another one that, that we like doing together. I like that. Uh, but all that is, it is science. It helps to physically calm the body. It seems like just kind of maybe silly or fun or, but it, it actually helps to calm the whole physical body. Well, it seems like that kind of works with the next step, the mind, you know, it kind of like all seems like that would help your mind as well. Right. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So another way we can care for ourselves is through the mind and like being aware of what are you thinking? 
um, which this is hard. This is, this is a meta skill because it's like thinking about what you're thinking. And it does take some intentionality, some slowing down, some awareness, and it takes practice. It's, it's kind of hard to just like jump into. You kind of is have this to like a meditation type thing you're talking about for your mind or what are you talking, what do you mean? No, not a meditation, but just, um, just what are you thinking throughout the day and how is it connected to how you're feeling? So the, the thought would be how you think is how you feel. This is like cognitive behavioral therapy stuff. So if you're going through your day and you're like, gosh, I'm like irritable and I'm sad. And, um, you can kind of go back to, okay, what are my thoughts? My thoughts are, that I cannot homeschool for one more day and I'm <laughs> lose my mind. And I, I feel like I could eke out like two weeks max, maybe, you know, maybe one or two more weeks. But like the thought of another month of this, I, I just feel like I cannot do it. So replacing that thought with like being kind to yourself, self-compassion, understanding like this is really hard if you're having some irrational thoughts about your life or about your job or about your physical health, you can replace those irrational thoughts or catastrophic thoughts with maybe a more reasonable thought. And that should affect how you feel. Give us an uh, example of that. Like, what do you mean a cat- catastrophic I've thought? I've got an example of that. Cause this is like my, the world is going to end kind of like, this is where I need to do the most work on okay. me. So like, and, and you can tell me this, Laura. So Sometimes, like, we're going throughout our day. We pretty much have a schedule around here. We're Zooming, and then we're lunch, and we're outside for a little while. I feel like that's kind of kind of what everybody's doing. But then when I lay down at night, and the other night I had this overwhelming, pressure feeling that there was not an end in sight. Yes. And for me, who is like a one on the Enneagram and controller and, you know, planner extraordinaire... Like, I have to have a plan. I need a timeline. I need to know that there's an end to this. And when you're wormholing before you go to bed on Facebook and you're reading about cases and what's going on, I mean, and all of a sudden you're like, we're going to live in this house (laughs) with these people and I will wear a mask for the rest of my life. Yep. Would that fall under? I mean, I'm laughing, but it's, it's, it's not funny. <laughs> Sorry. No, I know. I mean, that's where I live. Because yeah. you understand. Yeah. 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 Yes. yes. Would that fall under that category? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So catastrophic thinking is like worst case scenario. Um, yeah. Just worst case scenario thinking. So, um, so Courtney, what would be a replacement rational thought that you could replace that thought with at night when you're falling asleep? Um, that, (laughs) that this won't last forever. There are doctors and professionals and chemists and pharmacists that are working on a cure that they've already told us there's science behind you know, right. I, I go into like logic. So there's science behind the vi- the virus dying off in the summer because it's going to be warm, and there yep. are patios calling our names, <laughs> margaritas. Yeah, but that yeah. Wor- is that right? That's perfect. Okay, good. Yes. Good. So that that is that is a very rational, logical thought. And um, so, how does it make you feel when you think that thought that it's going to be that- over? Yes. I mean, I, it's relief. It's like, yeah. it ta- I can breathe deeper. It takes all the pressure off my shoulders, relax. Exactly. So that's kind of that idea of what are you thinking and, and replacing those catastrophic or irrational thoughts. And another piece of this kind of mindful thinking is when we do have the catastrophic thought, we don't judge ourselves. Okay. So you could have that thought, but you don't go into like, I'm such an idiot. What's wrong with me? Um, you know, I'm just, this is so silly. Um, but you can be kind to yourself at the same time and allow yourself to have that thought and then, um, say, okay, that's okay that that was a thought. I'm going to let that pass. And now I'm going to replace it with a rational thought. So, um, and then, cause this is kind of along the same lines, but all the future, what if thinking, so yeah. like, if this, what if this economically or health wise or even mental health wise, people are worrying about, you know, if I'm 
what will my drinking habits look like after after quarantine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is going to happen if this and what is going to happen if that? And so um, we if there's anything we've learned is that we just really can't predict tomorrow. Like this has just I mean, we would have never thought our most prized possessions would be toilet paper and we'd be standing you know, in line forever at the meat counter and whatever else. And so we can really, um, take that in and learn from that. And, um, and so when we have those future, what if thoughts and they're running through our head and it's, you know, it's nighttime and we're feeling overwhelmed, then we can, um, just go back to what is instead of what if. So what is true now? I and, love that. Mm-hmm. I like that too. Yeah. I love that. Instead of is that, replaces if. Yeah. Yes, yes. So we do have enough toilet paper for this week, and we do have enough food for today. And if you run yeah. out of toilet paper, you can come to my house. We're like stocked on toilet paper now. All of a sudden, <laughs> crazy. I'm like, what are we doing? Like, how do we end up with all this toilet paper? It's like when we saw it, we would just buy it. You know, <laughs> like we're those yeah. people. Ugh. So yeah, you can come on to my house. No judgment. No judgment. Mm-mm. Don't judge me. Mm-mm. Yeah. No judgment. Mm-mm. Um. And then the other part of this that I think we can all relate to is just busy moms um, who are trying to do it all and can't because this is impossible is um, just being aware of our shame voice or those negative self thoughts that we have. Like I should be able to, to be a worker, a homeschool mom and, you know, keep up my household and make delicious lobster meals every night. <laughs> um, or I should be able to do all this and never yell at my kids. And I'm supposed to like keep it cool all the time. Or I should, those are all shame. That's all kind of a shame voice. And, um, when we get stuck in the, the shame, it can just kind of lead us into like a shame spiral and it's self-contempt and we just kind of can get stuck. So instead of going there, like seeing ourselves, getting it, talking to yourself, like y'all would talk to each other, which is like, of course you yelled at your kids. This is so hard. This is an FFT. Um, this is unprecedented. You need child's care. There's no way, there's no way we can do all this with no relief. Like, of course you are human and you will fail. So, um, just being so kind to yourself and compassionate and understanding to yourself. And I know it's weird to think about like you talk to yourself or you have a relationship with yourself, but you're who you talk to the most. Um, and so just, be an extra aware of those shoulds and tell them to F off. So. <laughs> I'm loving this so much. Uh-huh. I'm loving this, Laura. This is uh, so good. Good. And then also studies show that integrating thankfulness and gratitude in your thoughts are, really can help your mood um, and your well-being and then also creativity. So you can find ways to access or some space to access creativity through baking or, or cooking or writing music or painting watercolor, you know, whatever floats your fancy to just use that muscle, um, that helps combat anxiety and depression too. And like gratitude towards other people or gratitude, like you're saying towards yourself. I think I hadn't thought about self. That's a great idea. Oh, well, <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, star student here. But <laughs> And then, and then also just gratitude, like what can I be thankful for today? And we go around our dinner table at night and we do, um, sweets and sours. So we say one thing that was good about today, one thing we're thankful for. And sometimes it's hard to get that, but just digging deep and I'm thankful for the sun or I'm thankful for, you know, eating dessert after dinner or, you know, whatever it is. And then one thing that is, has been hard about the day and, um, just to make room for that too, you know, Mm -hmm. so um, yeah, but just gratitude for anything, any old thing you can grab hold of is good. Love that. Okay. What's our next step? So our next part would be our heart or our like emotional being. So caring for yourself by feeling your feelings. So how do you feel? It can be a really challenging question. There's no judgment if it's a challenging question because it really, I don't think it gets used much outside the therapy office. Um, I mean, I don't think I've been really asked that. I do try to ask myself that. And so that is the goal is just, can you give yourself the space that you need to name, express, and process everything you're feeling without judgment being the key? Okay, this is my problem. (laughs) 
Let's dive into Sarah for a minute. <laughs> what feelings? What feelings? What Everything's okay. Oh, Everything's mean? okay. What do you mean? I mean, I just keep going. Like if I start feeling overwhelmed or whatever or, or anxious yeah. about something or sad about something, it's like, okay, okay, I don't have time for this. Like we are in the middle of school right now and I'm just going to just keep on pressing on. Just Everything. Period. Mommy's fine. Don't worry about me. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. fine. <laughs> yes. And that is very understandable. And a lot of, a lot of people do that. And then it's something we do to manage our lives and that's okay. There's no judgment for that, you know, <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank no you. shame over that. And, um, the hard thing is though, is when we, um, when we don't allow ourselves space to feel sometimes our feelings will start to come out sideways because, um, they kind of need to be the reason we like to, to talk about naming them is because that then we can like kind of hold it and look about it and look at it and think about it. And, and then expressing it kind of helps just kind of get it out. Like you want to feel it and then and you want to process it, however you process it, whether it's journaling or prayer or talking to a friend or, um, you know, doing your creative process to process your emotions, but that helps release it. And that's the point is like, unfortunately we're emotional beings. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's just in there. We can't not be. And so, so it helps to go through this process and let it go and move on. And so just feeling whatever you're feeling without judgment. And we're having a lot of big feelings right now because this is a bizarre time. And, um, I know I'm up and down. I feel like yesterday or the day before it was beautiful and sunshiny and I felt like I was doing it and I could handle things. And then, Yes. Or no, today I felt like, oh my gosh, I can't do homeschool the rest of the afternoon. We're done. And I, what I need right now is I need a break. And, um, I took some time and laid on the couch and checked in with myself and drank a lot of water. I called Ryan and just said, Hey, I'm, I'm really, I'm having a hard day and I'm feeling sad about this, this, and this. And he did not ask me what I needed, but I told him what I needed. There you go. <laughs> I need to go out for a run and I, I need you to come home 30 minutes early so that I can get out of here because I need to change the scenery. I need to get outside. I need some fresh air. Um, and so, yeah, just, and I know that we can't always get what we ask for. Um, yeah. and that's hard. Yeah, it that's, is. that's what laundry rooms are for. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, I have found myself like staring out the window with like a bag of chips and I'm just like, chomp, 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 chomp. And then I'm like, what is wrong with me? I'm just staring out the window. I've been standing here for about 20 minutes, still eating. I don't even know how many, I think like half the bag or maybe the whole bag, but we're not judging here. Yeah. No, um, judge- yeah. no judgment. But I mean, that is kind of the time. Like for me, it's walking. Like I, that's where I need to get outside and I can tell I'm like, okay, time to walk, time mm-hmm. to pump those arms mm-hmm. and get moving. Yeah. When you say name it, Laura, like how do you, what does that look like? naming something like is that writing it down I mean what how do you like if I'm sad and I want to like get rid of my sadness because I don't have time to be sad how do I how do I do that yeah so naming it just means um just kind of putting your finger on what the feeling is um I mean you don't have to say it out loud you can just think it but just yeah is because maybe that sounds easy but it's not like it, it takes some like, for me, I feel like I'm just irritable, like about any emotion is just like, Oh, I'm irritable, but there's more emotions going on than just that. And so taking the time to stop and sort it out. And so like, Oh, I think, um, I'm disappointed about this. I think okay. I'm sad about that. I think my feelings were hurt about this. I think, um, I'm really angry at him for this. Um, or I'm really fearful. I'm really anxious. Um, so just slowing down enough to even wonder and be curious and just put a word to it, putting, putting language to things helps us. It's just, it's it's another part of this whole system, having names for things and words for things helps us to talk about it and process it. And, um, it's just putting language to something as part of the process. Um, that's why kind of processing out loud and talking about things really actually helps. Um, and I, I hung up the phone with Ryan and I had told him about all the things I was frustrated about or sad about, or, um, I just kind of told him where I was and how I was doing. And I told him that I was going to bust out. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to leave. 
I don't know where I'm going to go. <laughs> and I'm like, is there any, do you know of any place we could go? And he's like, maybe a playground. And I'm like, no, the playgrounds are closed. Um, but then I hung up and I realized I felt better. Like I just needed to like kind of process it and tell someone. Yeah. Like get out. And so that's the connection part too. Um, it just, it's another thing that just kind of magically helps processing. It helps talking about it and putting language helps feeling it by crying or just allowing yourself to even feel the, the fear and the anxiety. Uh, and for those anxious folks, you can even, um, set a timer and you could even do, do this during the day, Courtney, um, so that you don't have to deal with it at night. Just set a 10 minute timer in your laundry room or wherever you can just like shut the door and lock it. Even if your kids are going wild or whatever, but, and just say, okay, I have my worry journal or whatever. And I'm just going to worry, 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 worry about everything. All my worst thoughts, like everything I'm going to put words to it. And I'm just going to journal, journal, journal. And I am going to worry as much as I possibly can for the next 10 minutes. Um, and just kind of get it out. What are you scared of? Write it down. It like, that's okay. It won't happen if you write it down, (laughs) you know, like you can just kind of get it all out. And then hopefully if, if we're kind of doing some of these things, caring for our bodies and minds and hearts, um, you'll be able to rest well at night, you know, and you won't, you won't have to stay up all night worrying about it. That's so good. I mean, like engage in it, you know, instead of avoiding it Mm -hmm. and like, because it's so much easier. Because that's the work. I mean, the it's so much easier to bury it. It's so much easier to turn and walk away from it. But, like, when you do the real work and peel all the junk back, you know. Because my, my number one thing is I just get annoyed. I'm just annoyed with people. And I don't even know why I'm annoyed. <laughs> but, like, if I would stop and go into my laundry room and take the time to go, you know what? It started this morning. Mm-hmm. When we were supposed to have our worksheets ready by 940, and instead I didn't wake Dean up in time, and it's my, it's on mm-hmm. me. So if I can like own it and acknowledge it instead of just be, walking around being annoyed at everybody all day, then hopefully oh you would. Gosh, wouldn't be Laura, just yeah. send me the bill for this. Okay. <laughs> just- <laughs> You're hilarious. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like we think that like the faster we run, it won't catch us, you know, like our symptoms or our depression or our anxiety, but the trick to really healing and, and healing mean freedom, you know, so you don't yes. have to run is turning, facing it and engaging it. So like, okay, Courtney, you're anxious. What are you afraid of? Let's, let's say it out loud. You know, and so like, it sounds really scary and I, and I get that feeling is really scary. It's scary for me. Um, but to actually come face to face with it and, um, look at it in the eye and engage it and, and go there. And and this is another magic thing. It's like healing begins to happen. Freedom begins to happen. Um, when instead of avoidance, we choose to, to engage. That's what I need to work on. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm a, I'm a hold it in, push it down, move on. Mm Mm-hmm. I will never go in my laundry room and like write down my feelings. Where you, I think, probably would. Yeah, I'll like buy a new notebook to do that. Yeah, you will. <laughs> the timer and everything. It'd be like a cute timer. Should have like, a little area set up. Like <laughs> McDonald's timer. A cute timer. Yes, yes I love I'll it. put a bulletin board in there for inspiring thoughts. Yes, I love it. Um, what, okay, so how are you going to work on it? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm going to try to spend like well, when I walk, that's kind of when I spend time with my thoughts. You know, and talk to myself and because do all you're that. by yourself. Because yeah. I'm by myself. And yeah. you have a three year old. So yeah, I mean yeah. you don't get a lot of time to mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. But I think I get caught up kinda like I think mine is more maybe like anger. Like I get overwhelmed and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, and then I take it out on It's somebody. like a boiling point. Yeah, yeah. And it's usually my middle child, like she's the one and I'm like, Oh my gosh <laughs> You know, I'm like your head off. You know, which is awful to say out loud. Like I'm no, you know it's normal no, to it's say not. out loud. Oh. It's understandable. It's normal. Totally normal. <laughs> right, right. But yeah. I mean, I think I personally need to work on that and like expressing my feelings in the moment, kind of going back, why do I, why am I feeling like this? And like you're saying, like peel the layers back and like find out why I can't express this stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I find a lot of times with anger, and I struggle a lot with anger too, um, at, my ki- at my kids or my husband, is like when you kind of look at what's deeper, what's underneath, a lot of times it's sadness. 
It's that you're hurt about something or you're disappointed about something and anger is an easier emotion to just kind of get out. And, and anger, when you're expressing anger, you are getting it out. And a lot of times it's even getting it out at a person, like blame or accusation, which feels even better because then it's like it's your fault. But um, <laughs> a lot of Laura's time. reading our diary right uh-huh. now. <laughs> she is reading our diary. All of our diaries. This is, this is just being human. Um, but a lot of times there is sadness when we look underneath um, anger. So too. is the anger, the sadness coming out sideways or is anger the true feeling? Great question. Well, I mean, we're Love here. That. Let's get it. Uh, I think the answer could be both. Okay. I think it depends. I think anger is a real emotion in and of itself. And um, I think psychologically anger is like perceived injustice. Mm. That's what it is. And sadness is more like, um, like grief over a loss, but, uh, they can also be intertwined. I definitely think when it's rage, like out of control, rage or violence, I do think that's sideways, but gotcha. I do think that there can be really healthy, beautiful anger. And I think anger is a totally valid emotion to just feel it. I mean, obviously if we're, if we're lashing out and hurting people, that is not good, but just to feel the anger and allow in a non-judgmental way, like, okay, I am pissed. I'm really angry. And just becoming curious and wondering about it, um, is really good. Anger is a great emotion and it's totally valid. There are no wrong emotions or bad emotions. Um, there's just emotions, even though some emotions get bad raps, but that's not, that's not what's true. God, this is so good. This is so good. (laughs) Um, this is another area where we can think about our kids too, because, um, they have feelings and you know what? Not a lot of people are asking them how they feel either. Just like people. Yeah, that's a great point. And so, um, I find when I'm, uh, I want to grow this in my kids, the skill of like attending to their hearts and, and even having language like I'll in my office, I have a list, I have a feelings list and maybe like if someone were to walk in, they would think like, that's, that's weird. I know words for feelings, but, um, it's a list of like 20 words, 20 emotions, 20 feelings. And, um, I use it all the time because adults need help identifying their feelings and they need the list. And so I want to develop that language in my kids. So they're able to be attuned and know what's going on in their emotional world and they're able to name it. So at night when I'm putting them to bed, um, I usually do a check-in and say, how are you feeling going to bed tonight? You know, is is there anything you want to talk about? Is there anything you want to share? And that just helps kind of grow their skill to, um, to talk about that. They know that that's allowed. Um, and that's important and valuable. Just allowing yourself to feel everything they're feeling, just allowing yourself without judgment to feel everything you're feeling. And even if the emotions are in conflict, like thankful and really sad, both together, you can hold all of that. Um, And then also allowing your family members or neighbors or friends to be exactly where they are and allowing them to be there without saying, no, no, you have to be thankful because you have this beautiful house and you have this you know, great husband and you, like you, you can't be sad. You have to be thankful. And it's like, no, they, they have the right to be right where they are. And we don't know their story. We don't know their personal experience. Every human gets the right to feel whatever they're feeling. I like what you just said too. You just kind of threw out that there's so many di- um, different emotions, like throughout the day, even like, it's yeah. not like for me, my days are like <laughs> in the mornings are good and the afternoons may be bad. And the next day it's very different. <laughs> You know, so it's like with this time, I feel like every day has been a different day. I am with you. I feel that too. I'm riding the wave every day. It's different. Mm -hmm. It's exhausting. Yeah. Like some days I'm like, we got this, we got this. And the next day I'm like, we are not going to make it. It (laughs) You know, like it did not work. Mm. (laughs) Yes. Mm. Yep. That sounds very normal too. So the last two little, um, parts are shorter. They're not as, um, long as the other ones, but social, just that we're social beings and y'all, I know y'all are good friends and y'all are good at checking in with each other, but just finding a time really each day to care for yourself by connecting with another human, um, another adult even. Um, so doing a, a happy hour zoom call or just calling a friend, even texting, I think can help you feel more connected too. But this is, um, this is this mandatory isolation is 
very hard. And I think we're seeing how important connection really is to all of us. And this is hard for all of us. And so um, just getting creative and how you connect to other people, whether it's a socially distanced walk or um, and even thinking about single people who may might live down the block, like maybe an older an older lady or even like a 20 something that is living by themselves. Um, that is maddening. That is really hard. And so writing them a text or a letter could mean a lot to them. And, and it helps us just to get out of our own heads and just like listen to someone else's like life and heart. And that really is good for us too, to just get a break from ourselves. Um, I think it's important to say too, that scrolling Instagram and watching your friend's stories does not mean that you're connecting with that friend. Mm, yes. Because, you know, that's real easy for us to go, oh, I know what's going on with Sarah. They yeah. jumped on the trampoline today and fed the ducks at West Jackson. Mm-hmm. But, like, we didn't talk about that. And so I feel like I know that, but I'm fixing grilled cheeses and I'm loading the dishwasher for the ninth time for the day. But, like, that does not mean that I connected with you. Mm-hmm. Right. And you don't get to see the behind the scenes of, like, and I yelled at my kids and I was exhausted <laughs> and we ate frozen pizza for dinner again and... Um, and that's the, and not that that's all Sarah, for example, would be, she's also feeding the ducks. She's also jumping on, it's all the things, but you're only seeing part of the picture Mm -hmm. on social media. So you're not actually getting the whole person. I didn't put my hamburger helper on that day. (laughs) But not only that, but we didn't get to say, so, you know, how's it going? Yeah. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's like, you have to be intentional. Even if you're not a phone person, like, I feel like right now we're all in 911 crisis mode. And so, like, you need that interaction. Our kids need to be able to FaceTime their friends or, yes, yes. or play on, you know, whatever they're playing upstairs. I don't know. So I go up there every now and then. But <laughs> but there's headsets and they're talking to their you know. Yeah, and, like, yeah. I have to be lenient with that mm-hmm. because that's how they're connecting right mm-hmm. now. Right. Exactly. Well, the last part um, is just that we're spiritual beings too. And so to care for that part of ourselves. So it doesn't matter whether you're religious or not, that we're, we're spiritual. And in a time such as this, where as collective humans around the globe, um, we feel more exposed and vulnerable than ever. So it's only natural to wonder about a higher power or a higher purpose, um, just one who is greater than us. So just, um, just an encouragement to wonder about that or explore that or try on prayer. Um, dream about a world where pandemics can't exist. Um, and just, I feel like it's a good time to ponder the meaning of life. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like this is, we're here, we're in it. This is strange. This is eerie even. And, um, I think it does us good to engage in something bigger than us. And the research shows, too, that um, engaging in our spirituality um, really helps our well-being as well. So, I love that. We got the time, too. So, yeah, (laughs) all of this has been so helpful. Uh, And not just for me. I mean, I feel like this is going to be really good for my girls, too. Like, it's not just me in that house cooped up. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. We got to figure out how to take all these things and, like, Help ourselves so we can oxygen Put on our oxygen mask. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we can help help them. Any other any other tips for the kiddos at home? Just giving them the space to um, play and be creative and get outside and them get their exercise going, get their sunlight, um, and just really prioritizing that relationship with them because this is an overwhelming time for them too. And I know I can get caught up in the things I need to do. I can get caught up in work and laundry and, um, not take the time to connect with them or, um, kind of just play with them or do relationship with them. And so I think, um, they're really looking to us to know that life is okay right now. And so to just look them in the eye and engage with them, I think, it sounds really basic, but it's, it's kind of hard. And yeah. so really taking the time to see them and to, to kind of get down with them too. Wow. Thank you so oh much. Oh my gosh, Laura. How can people find you if they want to get in touch with you? Yeah, you can find um, my web bio at Midtown Nashville Counseling. Um, so y'all could just 
um, check out our webpage and all my contact information, my specialties, my credentials are all there. And I'm available even now via, via zoom. We're doing teletherapy right now. So girlfriend, you may just met your match right here. So I'll take tomorrow at 10.30. Sarah will take 11.30. Well, you better do 12. It may take me a minute. Perfect. Yeah. No, this has been so helpful. So, so helpful. I think we're going to have great feedback from this. Mm -hmm. And it's something that, like, we don't know unless we have access to a therapist how to do all these things. We don't know know what to do. Nobody knows what to do. There's not a handbook for COVID. Right. I want to ask this real quick. So your husband actually got diagnosed, correct? Yes. How's he doing? How, how are things in your house? He's great. Yeah. He's, uh, he's been recovered for about a month now. So, um, it was a really hard 12 days. Um, it was a very up and down, very scary just because of the unknown factor. You know, we, there's just, there's no one who you can call and ask, well, what's day three? Like what's day four? What's day two? Am I still supposed to be sick day 10? Like mm-hmm. no one, no one knows. And it's, it really expresses itself kind of differently in everyone. So it was scary. And, um, I think the isolation was really hard for him just being alone for almost two weeks. Physically, I think it was really hard too. I mean, he would like shake violently cause he had such bad chills and he would like sweat all night like profusely and loss of smell and taste. It actually was like a distorted smell and taste. Like he drank like a strawberry water, like, you know, like bubbly water. And he's like, it tasted like feet, like nothing, Hmm. nothing, like everything tasted rotten. And other people said that too. Um, it's just, it's awful. It is brutal. I mean, I know people wonder like is media hyping it up, but, um, you know, he's 42 years old, healthy, um, so if, if that's mild symptoms for a healthy person, that was brutal. Like it, Gosh. like it was, um, and he, he had a lot of chest tightness. We did worry about pneumonia for a couple of days. Um, his respiratory stuff didn't come up until like day eight or something. So it didn't start respiratory. It started just fever and fatigue. And then like the chest stuff came later. So it's scary, uh, scary. Did you get overwhelmed? Just, I mean, I'm sure you put all of this that we just talked about into practice, but, um, was it overwhelming for you? It, this feels harder to me because, um, we weren't doing school yet because this was like spring break. Okay. Oh, you were real early. Yeah. We were like the third case in Tennessee. So we, I wasn't doing homeschool. Um, and I wasn't working because, I just, we just kind of thought it's just spring break, you know, yeah. we just kind of, we were going back to life. So I had taken time off. So I wasn't doing anything, but just kind of playing with the kids and our family and friends and church really carried us through. And they brought toys for the girls and activities and crafts for the girls. And they brought tons of food and tons of meals and they brought Sonic milkshakes. And so I just kind of felt like, I mean, I was a little nervous for Ryan, but I kind of I thought we'd be fine. And so we were just kind of playing and drinking milkshakes and I didn't cook dinner. <laughs> yeah. And so and I didn't have anything, any requirements of me, you know. And yeah. so honestly, this is harder for me. That's you know, a little justifiable. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I think juggling this many balls now is 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 harder than than that was. So wow. strange times. It is. Well, Laura, thank you so much for talking with us today. I know our listeners are going to love this. And we have loved getting to know you and talking with you today. Oh, good. Well, y'all, please be kind to yourself because you've never walked through a global pandemic before. So I just want to encourage everyone to let yourself laugh and let yourself cry and just do something that brings you joy every day because you matter and your well-being matters. Thank you. Virtual hugs. Virtual hugs. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. Thank y'all. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> Okie dokie. Be sweating. A little bit. <laughs> got a little nervous there. Wow. Um, well, I mean, I feel like I've got a lot of work to do. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, geez, I, I just, um, after talking to her, I'm like, maybe I really do need to talk to someone. Like, I really do hold my feelings in. And she's talking about, well, when I was talking about, 
getting so mad at my children. Uh-huh. It really, it, it is. She's so right. It's like me holding in everything else that's happened that day, and then I just blow up on somebody. And it just comes out It just anger. comes out in anger. Yeah. I'm like, gosh, that make, that's me. But how, that's such, it makes such perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to work on that. I mean, what do you think it is? What do you think that... Well, I think me personally, I, I don't show my emotions much. Like, you don't. I am just like... You I don't, don't know. I'm just not... I don't want to say I'm like hard. I mean, no, maybe you're not I am, hard. But no. I just don't... I don't like cry in front of people. I don't... Yeah. I'm not... Do you feel like it makes you weak? Or does it like... I, no, I don't like feel it, like it makes me weak. I just... Embarrassed? Maybe more embarrassed. Or I'm just not going to go there. Yeah. Like, I'm just not... Like, I don't know these people. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to cry in front of oh, them. Oh, heck no. Yeah. I would never yeah. cry in front of people I did not know. Yeah. If I did, like... Um, something's really, really wrong with me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, well, I don't think it's normal to like cry in front of people. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, I think that person probably needs some therapy too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just. I mean, when she's talking about that, I'm like, wow. Yeah, I, I definitely need to work on that. Just being able to like express what I'm feeling at that time when instead of holding it. when I'm feeling it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that I think that just falls into like busy mom category yeah, too. Well, I was just gonna say it's almost like I tell myself like. I'm really sad right now or scared right now or whatever it may be, but I don't have time for that. Like, I cannot slow down. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't have time to go and cry in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Like, I got all this other stuff I've got to do. Yeah. And I got to get it done. And if I cry, if I stop to feel sad or feel sorry for myself or whatever, like, I can't get anything else done. But it's like, who is making you feel that way? Because really, do you have to get anything done? No. No. But it's it's me. It's myself. And I think that's probably just my way of like not dealing away with it. It's 100% avoidance. Yeah. 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 You're just avoiding going there Mm -hmm. because it's easier not to go there. Absolutely. It's just our body's way and our mind's way of just... You know, putting that on the shelf in it. Mm-hmm. Until, like she said, like, I'm going to start oozing out. It's going to start coming out if it hasn't already. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Got to take care of it. Well, take I mean, it's just important. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's same thing with the mind thing for me. I mean, and, and it's funny to, to categorize it as, like, catastrophic thoughts. Because, like, on a normal day, I'm not going to have those thoughts. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But, like, just sometimes. Like, the other night, I was laying in bed. We were about to go to bed. And, like, I... It was just like something overcame me, you know? Mm-hmm. And I really probably, we've talked about this on here, I, I probably struggled with anxiety all my life, but like my parents didn't know that that's what it was, mm-hmm. you know? And I didn't Well, know. How, did, how did you know what it was? I mean, how did you finally say like, I think I need like more than just like, oh, I'm nervous all yeah. the time or yeah. I don't want to get on that roller coaster or, you know, well, or I can't sleep thing. at night. It was like surface at weird times. And now I'm saying in hindsight, like I didn't see it then because like I cheered in high school. I did public speaking. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I hosted a radio show in the morning. In college, I did all these like speaking circuits and things. And so it I always never felt like I had that. Mm-hmm. I am the most extroverted person. Well, that's what I was going to say. You do not seem like a person who would be anxious about anything. Right. And I'm I'm not 10, 10 times out of 10, but here's what happened. I had these children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They go messing up everything. <laughs> Those dang kids. <laughs> and I started realizing really after, after Graham first that like things that, and it wasn't depression. It wasn't like I wanted to throw him off a bridge. It wasn't anything like that. It was, oh my gosh, he can't cry in public. Or what if we go somewhere and he has a dirty diaper? And then I have the diaper bag and how am I going to do that? And like, we can't eat in restaurants because he might get upset. When like, really, who cares about that? Mm-hmm. And or like, he needs to be dressed this way or I'm going to be judged as a mother. Like, those were... The voices, and I've never had voices like that before. Never. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty self-confident. <laughs> but I had never had, I felt like... It's the pressure of a first mom. Like, things mm-hmm. on my shoulder. But that usually wears off. Yeah. It wasn't wearing off with me. Mm-hmm. Things that should have been, like, um, a three or a four, like, something happening and registering and me rolling with it, which is what I've done my entire life, it would register it at, like, a seven or an eight. And I would be in a sweat. And then, like... It would affect me. Uh-huh. It would ooze out, as yeah. you were saying earlier. Yeah. And so, but I can tell you about this one instance um, where, uh, so I'll, I'll, let me go back. So I was like, I need to, I need to, it had some pretty significant life things happen. I need to see somebody. So I did actually go into therapy and I saw somebody. And then I also started um, a low dose of an anxiety medicine daily. So I did that for a little while, which is why I think I'm like all nerdy into the therapy because everybody needs therapy. We all do. We just do. And I, and 
I'll get on that in a second. We'll come back to that. Put a pin in that. Pin <laughs> and <right>. therapy. <laughs> All right. So, but anyway, so then, you know, I'm like, I'm good. I'm back. She back. Mm-hmm. So I get off the medicine. Everything's great. I have a couple of miscarriages. I deal with those. I have Dean. So this is a story, and I, I've told all my friends this, but this is what we like to call what happened at Hardy's. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. So tell us what did happen at Hardy's. So we were on our way home from the beach. Graham, I mean, Dean was like 18 months old, and we left. Well, you know, it was one of those things like, we'll put the kids in the car while they're asleep. That never happens, okay? Never. So let me just mm-hmm. debunk the myth that your kids will sleep for seven hours. They don't. So we had gotten somewhere up into Alabama, and it was time for breakfast. There was a Hardee's. Duh. I mean, have you had a Hardee's sausage and biscuit? <laughs> so we pull off. We go into the bathroom. Everybody has to potty and, you know, wash hands and all that. And I started kind of feeling sick, like just a weird sick feeling. And Sarah... I just spiraled. Like, all of a sudden, I couldn't get back into the car. And Jason was like, what's, of course, he knew, you know, that I had, like... Like, you physically could not get back in the car. Mm-hmm. I You're said, just I standing in Hardee's. Mm-hmm. And I just started crying, which is another, like, red flag. Two red flags. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, what's going on? And I was like, I don't know. I just feel like if I get in the car, I'll get sick. Like, I was getting panicky. My hands were going numb. Like, it just came on like a wave for no reason, out of nowhere. But my mind, which is what I was saying that I struggle with, you know, in this in this part of self-care, is my mind started spiraling to places that were just not normal. Like, this is my train of thought. I'm going to get sick here at Hardee's. I'll probably throw up at Hardee's. Then, <laughs> oh, no. like, what if I get so sick? And this is irrational. What if I get so sick I have to go to the hospital and my family has to hang out at Holiday Inn? Well, why would they have to do that? But that's what I was thinking. Right. I'd have to go to Holiday Inn and what if I have to stay at the hospital for two days and what if I die? All in Hardee's. All in the parking lot. And that was kind of my moment where I was like, I so are you saying all this to Jason? Are you like telling him, yeah, like, telling I'm going to die. Like, what if happens if I do this? Or no, what I'm if like, I, do I that? can't get in the car. I'm going to get sick. If I get sick, what if I have to go to the hospital? And then if I go to the hospital, I might die at the hospital. And he's like, or we can take a Pepto-Bismol and you'll be fine by the time we get to Birmingham. You know? Mm-hmm. And like in my normal days, in my rational mind, that's what I would have thought. I'd been like, ooh, I'm a little queasy. <laughs> uh-huh. Better pop something. But it was that... And it was other things that I was realizing that were pushing me back towards that seven and eight marker on the scale that I was like, you know what? I'm just going to totally own this that like I've developed later in life anxiety. And so what he did in that moment, because it was like, yeah, how do you get get in the car? Like, how did you get home? Here's a biscuit. Here's a biscuit. (laughs) (laughs) He said, you're driving. Oh. I know, but it, I mean, he knew that I could drive. It wasn't like I was like convulsing or anything, uh-huh. but putting me back in that situation that gave me that control snapped me back out of it. And so a lot of times now I'll be like, I need to drive. Okay. So if like a girl's day or something, like I'll drive or sometimes I don't feel like that. It just kind of depends. But now I feel like what I would categorize it as is like functioning anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so I take my little half of uh, whatever a night, and it's my my daily dose. And you know, and what's been interesting is that I've been, as I've gotten older, I've been able to come off of, of it less and less. Mm-hmm. But like at this point, it's not worth it to me to come off of it at all. I actually halved it about three months ago, but it's not worth it to me to come off of it because why would I? Why? Yeah. Because it, and this is my whole thought, principle, thesis statement, whatever on anxiety and medication. If it helps you be, God made us all different. And if this helps you get to the point where you're the best version of yourself, you're the best mom, you're the best friend, you're you're functioning at a normal pace, you're not shame spiraling or whatever she, you know, we were talking about earlier, then just take the dadgum medicine. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Preach it. <laughs> get into therapy and talk to somebody because at this point, don't we all just want to be the best version of ourselves? Mm-hmm. But you're talking about, now you're talking about going to therapy. Yeah. So, like, I would love to be the best version of myself. But, like, to me, I'm like, therapy, like, I don't have, I mean, 
I need to make time. But like, if you ask me, why don't you go to therapy? I'm like, who has time to go to therapy and sit there for an hour? Or like, who wants to do that? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to go do that. Here's the thing. I think that therapy is perceived by the people like, I don't have that big of a problem. I can just deal with this yes. and move on. When really the work is in the therapy. Mm-hmm. So like when you go into that place and you're like, I mean, I might have stuff, you know, yeah. and then you start unpacking all those things like that's the person that's going to come out on the other side of whatever they're dealing with and go, oh, I can own my stuff now because I know how to deal with it because I've got all of these issues because of something that happened when when I was 25 years old. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's not like you have to do this, you know, self-loathing, start journaling. I mean, and you think, oh, okay, let's sing Kumbaya. That's not what it is. It's the strong person that's, Willing to look into their lives and go, yeah, you know what? I do have some stuff I need to work on. Mm-hmm. That that's who therapy's for. But I don't. I think you have to be in the right place to even and just like ready for walk it. Walk through the door, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I think you know when you're ready to work on yourself. Yeah, you know, and you just had it a point where you're like, I can't, I can't shoulder this. Mm-hmm. And kind of like we were saying too, that avoidance of it all. Like you know, yeah. you need to talk to someone. You know, you got all these things, but like, I really don't want to deal with it. Yeah. So either you don't, mm-hmm. which is totally your choice, or you do, and you might have a little season of like some, you know, self revelation. But whatever it is, is growth. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And it's just it, it's so timely that this podcast. Is coming out right behind behind Jen Hatmaker. Well, that's what I was just gonna say. Courtney, you stick it on my mouth. Like I'm like between this and Jen, like holy smokes! I personally, I'm like I have a lot of self work to do mm-hmm. on myself because I want to be a better person, mother, and I can't be unless I work on myself. <laughs> that makes me want to cry. <laughs> it does, and I mean, just for the. I mean, not even if you want to do it for yourself, just do it for your kids. Do yeah. it for the people that are under your roof. I mean, that's what I say all the time. Gut me open, clean me out, let's figure it out. I want to know what's going on inside of me. I mean, it's funny when Jason and I fight, <laughs> and we do fight some. Um, they're mostly arguments, but I am the talker. I, 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 no surprise. <laughs> no I'm surprise. the one that's like, okay, so why are you acting annoyed? And now, does he talk you? back to you, or is he just like, Courtney, Like, just let me be annoyed? Sometimes. Yeah. Okay. okay. Sometimes, I mean, yeah. And sometimes I say, because he is a fixer, he goes to work every day and people come to him with everything. With every, yeah. With their- and so I have to say too, I don't want to be fixed right now. I just want to roll around in anger mm-hmm. or sadness or whatever. And, you know, that's another thing that therapy teaches you is leaning into that, whatever you're feeling, leaning into that. Instead of away. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's when... You know, to really feel it. And if I'm pissed, I I need to be pissed for a minute. But then I dialogue, I verbally process is how I do it. I talk it out, and I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Now, he takes a little bit longer to get over things, mm-hmm. which is fine. I yeah. mean, I've, learned, I've been like, I'll go on a walk. And when I get back, you better be over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give me about 20 minutes. <laughs> you are on the clock, mister. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. But... But yeah, it's it's that it's that yin and yang, you know. Well, this has been such a good interview, and I really hope that it's helped. I mean, it's helped me personally. I know. Yeah, yeah. So I hope it's helped our our listeners. It's too. helped me personally. I mean, none of us know what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Just to feel better, like feel like it's okay to yeah. not know what you're doing, everything and to not know how you're going to feel tomorrow. Yeah, everything is normal. Mm-hmm. Whatever we're doing is normal. Yeah, but you need yourself, to stand and like giving grace to yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, please. You need to stand at the counter and eat chips and you stare out the window, <laughs> stare aimlessly <laughs> and ponder the future. Yeah, yeah. there's nothing That's wrong. Me. With that. That's me. That's me. That's me. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for tuning in today. We hope you love the talk with Laura, and 